afternoon, good afternoon, lunchtime listener, listeners, and viewers. We have made it to the season finale. The season finale is featuring my my only pastor, <laughs> Pastor Yaqua Shelley. I am so excited to have my pastor here for numerous um, of reasons. And our topic of discussion today is order. And order is such a, a serious topic. That's why I brought a serious man, a serious man of God to cover the topic. But I'm just going to go into why I chose my pastor for this topic and why this episode is a lot for myself, more so for me than you all. When I started Lunchtime Lifter podcast, God gave me the assignment. I know that to be true because I asked God, I told God once I rededicated my life to the Lord and I was showing myself faithful to him, I prayed a lot on asking God to use me. I wanted to be used because I knew I had a story and I wanted to tell my story a certain way, a way that I could be effective. And that's through testimonial stories. I don't try to preach the word of gospel because that's a different type of grace. I mean, that's, <laughs> hey, that's way out of my zone. But through testimonial stories, I know I could gather a group of people who God placed on my heart, who had been through things, who overcame their story, and they really wanted to talk about it. So that's Lunchtime Lifter. That's my mission and vision behind uh, the podcast. But God, when I started the podcast, God gave me order. He gave me a list of things to do. And I did 80% of those things, and I thought, it, I said, great, I passed. 80% is passing great. But I left out something that I first had said was small, but it was really big. I said, God told me to tell my pastor about Lunchtime Lifter Podcast. But the reason, my fleshly reason for not telling him about the podcast was because, honestly, I thought he was going to say, no, I said, if I go to my pastor, he's going to be like, Leandra, you ain't been saved for a couple of months. There's no way that God has told you all of this. There's no way you're going to be able to produce all of this. I don't think you should do it. So I had pastor, uh, I had his, it was funny because in church he was talking about some of y'all really talking to the person. You got the person in your head. And that's how I had a pastor. I seen his face. I seen him telling me no. And I'm just like, I'm not going to him. He's not going to give me permission. And I said, oh, it's small. It's not really big. He's going to be mad at me. We, I'll come back around. But pastor was really a big piece missing in lunchtime lifter because I left out covering, an extra covering. And I started to go through things that Whew, I just was not ready for. So technically, if he had told me I wasn't ready, he was technically right because I went through some stuff that I wasn't ready for. I thought, like, when God asked me to accept the assignment, I said, okay, if something goes wrong with the episode, I'm good. If I got to re-record, I'm fine. I can handle that. But I never knew that I was going to be attacked. But I had been on the enemy's team so long. Like, I mean, me, the, the devil was my partner in crime. And when you become friends with the enemy, the the worst, hey, that's the worst feeling. When you try to detach from the enemy, <laughs> like he don't want to let you go that easy. And so I wanted to get on the winning team. Long story short, I should have told my pastor about the podcast. So I pastor talks about public disrespect, but private apologies. So I publicly disrespected my pastor. I went around him. I didn't tell him about it. And I was dead wrong. I was dead wrong for doing that. And I didn't want to go to his office at church and give him a private apology. Pastor, you know what I did was wrong. I, I'm so sorry. But I have a platform to publicly apologize to my pastor. And I am sorry for the way that I went about it. So 
that's what I wanted to say on my part um, of order, but he's going to get into it. I'll let you have your way and kind of talk about what order means to you, how you, your feelings in regards to the podcast, how to help the young and saved and people who are not safe who's trying to find a way, get some order, get some order in their lives. Gotcha. Well, Leanne, thank you so very much uh, for inviting us out. Um, this is definitely a great honor and opportunity to share uh, with anybody. Um, platforms anytime God does whether it be great small initiative I'm a person that can raise my hand um, I can be talking to one person I can be talking to a room full it doesn't matter I, I count a privilege and the thing that I'm reminded of is at one point my life disqualified me mm-hmm. um, we talked briefly about you know what you had in mind that you wanted to do mm-hmm. we talked about design piece and, mm-hmm. you know all of that um, and then you came back and asked for us to do the show schedule one of the things that we need to look at when God created uh, the earth mm-hmm. that he he did so everything was done in decency and order so to ask him to be a part of something we got to be mindful of the fact that he's going to require from us what he had already put in place mm-hmm. all right okay. so with every aspect of our life when, when you don't have order you have this word called chaos mm-hmm. um whether it be the family structure, whether it be how you handle business, whether it be ministry, all across the board, I believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, and our governing authority is the word of God and not just our own opinions. Okay. But, but I believe it's known as humanism. Humanism is when me as a human say, this is the standard. Um, and a lot of that is, is also woven into relativism, which means I'm going to do what's relevant at the time. But the problem becomes is that we're if you're asking God to bless us, He's not um, obligated on how we feel. That's okay. that's irrelevant. You know, right. Your friend may care, your family member may care, but God can care less about how you feel. He care less about how I feel about something. He can care less about how passionate I am. So we think passion automatically means right. Right. Um, that's not the case. We you know it's sad. The truth is, uh, you know, I've been working in sexual abuse, but mm-hmm. now people are making. Very public about the sex trafficking piece. Mm-hmm. Um, just had a meeting with a group of pastors. They were talking. I said, "Well, we've been working on this for ten years. Mm-hmm. You know, so where how serious do y'all want to get?" Mm-hmm. But my point is, people were taking people, putting them in um, sex trafficking, are passionate about mm-hmm. what they're doing. They, they're waking up every morning with the idea to do it. They're coming up with creative ways to do it. So just because I'm passionate, that's my point. Okay. Doesn't make me wrong. All right. Um, so according to the word of God, um, we look at uh, Hebrews uh, 13, 17, and even 18, which is connected. Like someone may listen to you and say, well, you know, she didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. My And I didn't ask her to do that. Uh, but I don't know if you know these two verses, but Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey them to have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they must give, give account, that they may do it in joy, not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. Verse 18 says, pray for us. For we trust we have a good conscience in all things willing to live honestly. So you just exemplify that verse. So where somebody else may say, well, I don't think it take all that. It's not about opinion. Immediately when we walk according to uh, Hebrews 13, you just exemplify 13, 17, and 18. And on your own accord, you say, God, that with you. The reason I can know that, not based on feelings, you can say, I cried, I rolled on the floor, I care less. Everything I hear 
I, I compare it to the word of God. And so it shows that it was a God moment where he, he was only asking you to do what his word said. Mm-hmm. Whether you read the verse or not. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So now, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So now, not only can you just say, I think this is the right thing, according to the word of God, this is what the Bible tells us. But one of the things that he does as it relates to covering um, and order, he has a certain structure and he understands how the enemy is. We want to assume just because Satan causes chaos, he's chaotic. Mm-hmm. But that's not that's not the truth. Mm-hmm. According to the word of God, Jesus even explained when they begin to criticize him and say he's casting out demons because he's a demon. He said that's impossible. Mm-hmm. He said the, the kingdom of darkness is stru- structured like this. He said they, there's order. You see what I'm saying? So if I was a demon, I couldn't cast out another demon. Right. So, you know, he called him Bezalcourt. So he even explained, no, just because they cause chaos does not mean they're chaotic. Okay. So the problem is, Apostle Boyd, I think in Christianity, we're failing because we're doing things in a chaotic perspective. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with a very organized system of demonic right. activity, mm-hmm. and we're not getting results. Absolutely. Because they're in line, we're just chaotic. That's true, because when I, when I was starting to evaluate my life, where it is now, where it was, and how I used to think that I was really in order, like my day is structured. Um, I get up, well, before um, I rededicated my life to where I got up, mm-hmm. I went to the gym. Mm-hmm. I went to work. Mm-hmm. Left work, uh, went back to the gym because I like the steam room and the sauna. And I would just do things organized. Like I thought I really was in order. Sure. But that was order according to the world. Mm-hmm. And when I rededicated my life that Sunday, it was funny because I was sitting in the seat at church. And I was so far gone, like so far away from God. And I didn't really feel like God heard me. And I didn't really feel like I had God's ear either. And I was sitting in and the enemy was talking to me while I was sitting down in the church. And he was just like, hey, you get up there, you go really give your life to the Lord. You, you better know that you want to, you know, because so hey, some stuff out there, hey, you really... You got an unaccounted for past. And people would say, when I would talk to people, they were like, what you mean by that? Everything that I've done wrong in life, I've never gotten in trouble for. So when the enemy was talking to me in church, I got scared. I said, what if I go get saved? Get saved. And all this stuff that I think I'm really terrified. I said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, in that moment, I said, I don't think I'm ready because I think I'm going to have to pay the debt for what I had done. And I started to give the enemy more power than God. Just, and I'm sitting in church. And pastor was done almost. And I had just got up. I said, God, you know what it is, what it is. And I'm here one Sunday and I'm gone three Sundays. I just let pastor know that I gave him a lot to And I'm facing some consequences. And, um, but getting back to the order of my life, now when I get up, I pray. I, did, I didn't even know how to pray because I, I wasn't doing it. And I thought my prayer life was very amateur in the beginning because I would get my Bible, go to the Bible app. I didn't have any verses to go get my notes from pastor. And God was saying, this is order. You used to just get up and go to the gym. But you don't know if you're going to make it to the gym. You need to pray. And then my prayers at first was, you know, about me. And then God was talking to me, don't, well, it's more than you. And I started praying for my household in here. Um, And then 
one day uh, I went to church and first lady and pastor both looked worn out. And I was just like, God, they my bread. <laughs> they, and they're going to have to put some pep in their step. And I started to pray for them because I wasn't thinking about pastor, his five kids. I wasn't thinking about pastor Duke and not to there to Duke, Chicago, back to Atlanta, his, his gigs, first lady. Now she's out doing public speaking this, trying to keep our leaders in order. That is a lot of work. But when I was doing my own thing, I wasn't thinking about Pastor. Hey, he, he got the strength. He's been doing this for 20 years. He got more strength than I have. But I just started to give orders to my life, started to care about more than myself. And um, and it's good to, and that's why I wanted to bring Pastor in to let him know that um, I didn't know how important order was until God had laid upon my heart. And it was funny because around episode four, I started to face a lot of warfare and honestly I wanted to I was thinking about giving up the podcast and I kept trying to figure out ways to make it look good I was like I'm gonna let, I told them 14 episodes but they ain't gonna know that one month ago I told them 14 and now it's eight they ain't gonna remember that I kept trying to find a way to shorten it because I was trying to stop what was happening to me and I went to and I asked my mom I said mom I want to call pastor and she's like Lynn I'm done trying to cover you I told you to tell pastor about the podcast you didn't and so I went to type a message on uh, Facebook to let him pastor know I wanted to call him and God said there you go again use it uh, you didn't tell him about the podcast. You don't share his messages on Facebook. You don't give him his shout out. You don't, when you was making money, you didn't put the money in his house, but now you want, now you face a warfare and you want to use him. You want to call and get his word so he can cover you. That's not right. And that's the only reason I battled it out by myself. I said, you know what, God, I do. Like I call on him when I need him. Like, it's never a good day where I'm saying, oh, Pastor, let's just go eat. You know, I can, it's always when I'm in turmoil, <laughs> when I'm in chaos. And I just said, oh, this time I'm not going to do that. God, I'm going to fight it out because I left my own covering. And I wanted to talk about that, too. Like, I did not know, like, a podcast, a Christian makes podcast. I wasn't thinking about it from a spiritual realm like that, like the one you're in. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, it was a bit much. <laughs> it was a bit much, and it, it was a bit much for me. And I was, I like I said, I'm healthy. I work out. Fibroids came, assisting my spine. And I had just went to the doctor. Well, why did that stuff there? Like they eat bad, my the household, but <laughs> I eat good, and I keep them healthy. So to go in the doctor's office, and they tell me like we thought she was fat. Like when I came in, it was like Miss Weaver, and they were saying you have forces. Yeah, um, because uh, I have I have fourteen fibroids. Mm-hmm. One was eight centimeters, mm-hmm. and fibroids are like this in your body. Mm-hmm. And they was like, we wasn't expecting you to be this small. We thought you were fat, mm-hmm. and I was like, no. And they was like, hold on for a second, let me make sure we got the right CD because I just did not look like what was going on in the inside of me. Sure. Sure. And um, and then they said, hey, you got something growing on your spine, and they was like, what is that? And they com- was comparing it from the first time. During the second time, and I really, I got super scared. I was just like, I don't want to do this no more. I think it's because I'm in this platform and the enemy is attacking me, and I didn't want to be attacked. So like I said, I was trying to bow out, but I went on ahead, going to Bible study, hearing your word, praying, and that's how I started to get grow closer to God through experience. Like, 
it's easy to have faith in God when everything is going good. Unbelievers can do that. Like, it's good. <laughs> Anybody can have faith. Like this, I know a lot of people question my journey with God. I know a lot of people question my walk with God. Is it real? Is it fake? And I remember watching Nicole Richie on Entertainment Tonight because she was a habitual drug user. And she had said, and it touched me because, I, I mean, I've been in her place. And she was just like, um, they was like, Nicole, how we know? You said that you was going to quit doing drugs a million times. Why, why should we believe you now? And she said, she said, I can't make you believe me. You just don't have to watch and see. And the watch and see was what hit me. And I'm not trying to make you believe I'm saved. I can't make you believe I'm saved because nobody is on this journey with God but me and God. And pastor don't see how I'm living. Only thing he can do is hear what I'm saying and hope it to be true. And um, I know my pastor coming here, he put his reputation on the line. And I thank God for that because he... He encourages us, us, but a lot of us come to pastor and say, hey, pastor, we saved. Hey, pastor, we ready to go. And pastor, he's a, he's, he going to believe you. He start putting things in place for you. He start putting his name on the line for us. And then we back into the world. And that makes him look bad because he put his name and reputation on the line for our mockery and foolishness. So before I, um, and so I knew that's why it was that's why I was overjoyed about him coming because I knew it felt good for my pastor to put his reputation on the line for me, but I have to uphold it. Because now they see him and they say he's saying, Okay, Leanne, I, I'm somewhat backing you. My, I'm putting my reputation on the line for you, saying that you're really living this life. And so I thank you for that. And every day I have to even step it up a notch from here because I have his reputation to protect. If I'm saying I'm a hand of the Lord vessel, I'm an instrument being used, my pastor, you know, back in me, that, that you have to live up to that. You have to really, you have to really be about that life. So, um, is there anything else you would like to say and input? Uh, when you was talking about uh, so many of the things, points that you covered, uh, I was thinking about how, uh, going back to our foundation text of Hebrews 13 and 11, mm -hmm. um, I'm sorry, uh, 17, saying that they give account for you. And when he says submit yourselves, so when it deals with um, submission upon a spirit of authority, that falls on the individual. Mm -hmm. So we can say, well, I will if they do X, Y, Z, but that's not how God designed it. Mm -hmm. he, in that text, he says that they give an account for you. We give, and the account means that we go back to God on y'all behalf. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be two results. Either he says in joy or in grief. Mm -hmm. So the joy piece is God bring confirmation and purchase in the line. So just a side note, regardless of what people tell me, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust my my conversation with God because he's gonna okay. tell me. Exactly. He's he gonna, he gonna tell me whether right or wrong, okay. how I dressed up. So when that conversation is dialogue, when I'm going before God on behalf of somebody else that he's not made me accountable for, if he gives me joy, then he's telling me in the line. It comes back as grief, then it's not. He mm -hmm. says, if it's grief, it's unprofitable for you. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people fail to realize they don't understand that a hurt, uh, even let's use Jesus talking to Peter. So mm -hmm. Peter says, Thou the Christ. Um, he said, Flesh and blood is not revealed. And you people come right back and mm -hmm. say, Don't die. He said, Man, he called him safe. Mm -hmm. In the same conversation, he tells Peter he's here from God, and he tells him he's here from Satan. Mm -hmm. Now, 
when it was time for things to manifest, he told Peter, he said, here's what, what's going to happen. You're going to betray me. Mm-hmm. He said, Peter was like, oh, no, no, no. He says, I pray for you. He said, I pray that your faith faileth not. And when thou art converted into your brother. That is so key. Like, I, I got tons of examples of spiritual cover, but mm-hmm. using that is so key. Most people think that um, spiritual cover would be don't, nothing should happen. Mm-hmm. But what Jesus said, he said, I already know what you, I know the attack against you. Mm-hmm. But the thing that stands out to me is that he, he said, I didn't pray that it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. He didn't tell him that. He said, I prayed for you. Here's what enemy's going to come. He said, Satan is I to see if he was weak, which means he knew the tactics of Satan. Mm-hmm. He told Peter he's going to fail. He said, you're going to deny me mm-hmm. three times. All of this stuff. But notice he never told them that he prayed that it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. He says, here's the thing. When thou art converged into my brother, which means when you come back. Mm-hmm. So even Jesus saw that Peter's going to stray. Mm-hmm. But he says, when you come okay. back, I'm giving you a sign. Okay. All right? So that is so amazing to the point that what, what my responsibility is not to prevent things from happening. Okay. <laughs> it is to see why why the happening is needed. Okay. Am I making sense? Yeah, you're making a lot of and sense. And so now he says to them, okay, you're going to fall off, but when you come back, do this. So it seems as though his focus was on Peter learning what he needed to learn mm-hmm. to get what he needed to be for the next assignment up front. And that's what the covenant does. They've been down the road, even if it's not directly the thing, they've been down the road to know, oh, this is this is development. It's not meant for you to, to, yeah, that's something that when you were mentioning that, that, that is needed and that people have to recognize that God does a process. So he does all this stuff in, in, in line. Um, I think the problem that we're running into now, and my mind is going back to something I shared probably a month and a half ago when we were in the book of Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. And we was talking about uh, Jeremiah 28 and 29 that uh, Hananiah tells uh, Jeremiah the children of Israel. Thus says the Lord that God is removing the burden off of you. He takes a burden of a yoke that was in Jeremiah that's made of wood. Mm-hmm. He breaks it. And Jeremiah leaves. God begins to talk to him and say, no, you go back to him and tell him that I'm giving you a yoke of iron, which means I'm going to put something on you that you cannot break, that mm-hmm. and I cannot break. And then we get into chapter 29, and people quote 11 where it says, I know the plans and the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. But we skip. How did he start talking about that? Yeah. Well, verse 8 says, <laughs> guess what? Number one, y'all not going to get out right okay. now it, it, because your 70 years are not up. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the 70 years, <laughs> the 70, the number 70 means gaining experience from, gaining knowledge from the experience you have. I remember you talking about that because I wrote down 7 mm-hmm. and 10 mm-hmm. and, didn't, and I, I, wrote, I missed the 70 portion. <laughs> It seven. Was, yeah. Seven, yeah. So, so seven is the number of completion. Mm-hmm. Ten is the number of trial. Right. You combine both that and get seven. Mm-hmm. It's gaining knowledge from your experiences. And here's the element of God that people are leaving out. Because I believe partly because we're in uh, information instant age, mm-hmm. we think God is going to move according to that. But that's not the case. He's more concerned about the person mm-hmm. than he is the stuff. He is. And it was saying? funny because when I lost all of my stuff, um, <laughs> It was hard for me to sit next to a person who had acquired things sure. and who was, you know, had themselves together because I was, I was seeing myself mm-hmm. and God was teaching me, content. he's like, you have to be content. Yeah. And I didn't understand it. And when he was kept dropping that word on me, it was very offensive. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how can I be content? Mm-hmm. And 
in this when I want to be here. Sure. And he was just saying, be content. It's, you're not saying that you don't want change to come, sure. but you have to be okay and you have to be able to still reach out to people even though you're personally hurting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember when I started the process, it was very fake because I just ha- I had to learn how to be that person. Absolutely. And I would call, reach out to people and say, you know, oh, congratulations, I heard. The congratulations was fake because I wasn't really feeling it sure. due to my personal struggles. And I was just like, God, I... I want to be that for real. I want to yeah. be able to tell somebody congratulations, really mean to be content that I'm in the state that I am now, knowing that change may come, change may not come, but I really wanted to be what he was trying to trying to make me. Yeah. And then as I started to um, change, a lot of things that I wanted, I didn't even want anymore. And I remember, um, I tell this story all the time, when I had to go back out and get another car, I wanted my BMW backpack, and I ain't gonna lie, because mm-hmm. um, I had that's what I wanted. Um, yeah. That's what I was used to. That was my content. And I went for the first time, and God said, well, your issue was you, you're a liar. You're a habitual liar. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to make up no paperwork. I don't <laughs> want you to create no paycheck stuff. Don't call your sisters telling yeah. them, you're like, hey, say I work for you. Yeah. You yeah. my employment. I make this much. Call da, 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 da. Absolutely. He said, look at your budget. Yeah. Like, really look at your budget. See what you can afford. Okay, go get the BMW. Do you really want to struggle this bad for that car? And I just and then I remember the oil change, 115, 138, and I'm just like, no, God, no. No, I, you know, I really don't want it as bad as I thought I did. You know, when my income changed, right. then I'll change. But right now, the Volkswagen's what it is. It's 165 a month. I ain't thinking about it. I can talk that out, pay my insurance, and I can sleep well at night. And so um, it's a lot of things that, like I said, order. And I didn't realize how out of order I was. I really thought I was a person of order. But when I started to look back at myself and my ways and what I used to do, I really do see why I'm in the position that I am now. And I've seen all of the warning signs God gave me that I didn't pay no attention to. (laughs) And it was just like, okay, you're not paying attention. You're not listening. You're not in order. I got to do it to you. And God gave me so long. Yep. He gave me so many years to get it right. <laughs> yep. He like, I don't want to do it. You highly favored. You want to, you know, I know I'm highly favored by God. So he gave me a while. He was just like, you're not going to do it. If I don't break you, you're not about to do it. I'm about to take your car, your house, you back in your bedroom again. I was just like, Ugh. like, yep. wow, this is, yep. this is a funny feeling. Mm-hmm. And then I remember when I moved into my room, I was so depressed at the time. Yeah. I didn't put, I just put a mattress in there. I ain't really, I was just like sleeping, getting up. And I woke up one day and God was like, look at you. Sure. You, you clean and you neat and you this, and you won't even put your head together. You mm-hmm. won't even get your clothes out of the bin because you so hurt where you at, or right. you so don't want nobody to see you here. And then one day I just started, <laughs> I just said, God, you know what? Let me get my bed together. Let me get up off the floor. And I started decorating my room like I did my home. And I started to be content. And when I got up, my room looked different. It felt different. It's just like, God, this is where I'm at. I'm content. You know, I'm going to be content. I'm going to congratulate others. And uh, when, when my time comes again, I'll be ready this time. And that's what I'm doing. It's a lot of preparation. And again, I thank you for coming on Lunchtime Liquor. It's an honor. It's I'm overjoyed. Um, is there anything you want to promote? I know we have Tamar. I don't know. Can they still sign up for Tamar? Uh, yeah, you can um, personally go on to uh, 
www.branchoutreach.org. Um, we may be full. We doing. We have launched two classes. We may be full, um, but but they can teach you. Um, one of the things uh, definitely you said I want to leave off is um, the Bible says man uh, looks at the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart. Um, that when He's really doing something inside a person life, people really don't get it. It's the internal work of the person. We we what we have deemed to be a blessing is the external stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's it's the one on one. The ways of a man is right in his own eyes. Mm -hmm. So if I think all of us at one point thought we were right mm -hmm. about whatever, we can be dead wrong. But it takes the working of the Holy Spirit to help you to see, you know what, you're not what mm -hmm. I'm requiring of you. And to open your heart to allow him to do that work. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So so more than any external thing that you could share with me, I'm I'm excited about the other stuff that you talking about. Because that, that takes the hand of the Holy Spirit. Because just like you said, I understand the game. I can make up, falsify some stuff, and I can be riding nice doing all this. But character is the work of the Holy Spirit. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so if we put gaining the things outside of you becoming, and this is the promise that he gives us, we will be conformed to the image of his son. If you don't look more like Christ in your everyday life, then he says you're not mine. Mm -hmm. We say, oh, God is with you because of all this external stuff that happens. Mm -hmm. But that's not scripture. No. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's no, I need you to look. What What about you have changed? Your, your own admission. You say, well, I was a bitch of life. Well, I can't let my word, which is truth, come out of you if bitter and sweet water don't flow at the same time. Right. If you say, thus says the Lord over here, but then you over here lying about this, mm -hmm. you messing up my reputation. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I know you messing, which is part of my reputation on but most important, his reputation. Mm -hmm. If you're saying he's my God, mm -hmm. then therefore there's a certain requirement that comes with that. Because you're saying I'm his. Mm -hmm. That means you should resemble him. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so um, so I wanna, you know, more than anything, thank God for the work that he's doing inside of your heart and um, you know, what he's doing overall and getting you to a place um to to better look like him. And I think that that's the goal. Um, and I think it's a non-stop process. It is. You see what I'm saying? It is. So. <laughs> hey, Lunchtime Lifter Day is my season finale. Um, get prepared for Lunchtime Lifter Season 2 coming to iHeartRadio. So go download the app, follow, share. We've also partnered with Red Circle. So if you would like to access exclusive uh, content to the podcast, you can for $5. If you would like to donate, you can make a one-time donation or a monthly donation. Or um. If you want to share a word, want to be featured on the podcast, you can go uh, again through Red Circle. And that's the season finale. Thank you so much for tuning in to Lunchtime Lifter.